This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Today, uh, you by yourself, you are the Word. The scripture says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you are the word. As we look into your word today, reveal yourself to us. Give us answers to the questions in our hearts in the name of Jesus. And at the end of it, at the end of the day, let the name of Jesus be lifted up and let all men be drawn unto him in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about something that I believe, I believe in my heart pertains to everybody, but for the sake of pushback, I would say to most people, you know, but I'm sure this deals with everybody. I'll be talking about anxiety today. I'll be talking about anxiety today. And the Lord, the Lord gave me this word. I was in the shower, just meditating and just doing my own thing. You know, in the shower, everybody can sing. Yeah, everybody has a lovely voice in the shower because you, you just don't care. You don't have any care in the world. You know, you're just going and singing your own thing. You know, uh, only your spouse can tell you how you sound. But they are sometimes too afraid to tell you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I, I, I want us to talk about anxiety as the Lord has laid on my heart. There are a few synonyms for anxiety that may bring it closer home for most people. Number one is fear. This is what the English dictionary says. It says the synonyms of uh, anxiety is fear apprehension, nervousness, and worry. Worry. Uh, some people, this is not an English word. Some people are warriors. Not warriors, but warriors. They can worry a lot. You know, and today, I'm going to be using anxiety, worry, interchangeably uh, to mean the same thing. Anxiety is a part of many lives. Is a part of many lives. Uh, almost everyone is anxious about something to an extent. You know, not that you are so anxious you are broken down and paralyzed. You know, but everyone at any given time is anxious about something to an extent. One of the reasons I believe the Lord will have me talk to you about this is because there's a lot of promises God has made to us for this year. We've talked about abundance, we've talked about promotion, forward progression, and blessings. Those are blessings, are, are promises that God has made to us for the year 2022. Unfortunately, some people will talk themselves out of their blessings through their worry. You know, they will worry that, oh, maybe that's not for me. Maybe I can't do it. Maybe it's for some people and all those type of things. Parents naturally are anxious about their children. Children are anxious about their grades. <laughs> am I going to be able to graduate high school? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? You know, some are anxious over an interview that is upcoming. Or maybe a job situation. It could be your marriage. You're anxious. Are things going to work out? The way this guy is behaving with his big head, you know, or the way this woman is talking with her big mouth. 
That's not my word. Somebody just loaned me the word. <laughs> you know, the way this woman is behaving with her loud mouth and big mouth. <laughs> oh, by the way, the person that suggested is a man. <laughs> just so that we balance it and it's just, just talking about the men. Hallelujah. You know, so everybody to some extent is anxious about something. It could be about a business venture. An idea that God has laid on your heart that you're supposed to start. It could be an investment. It could be a, a, a whole number of things. Some are just anxious about success in life. Will I make it in the sweet by and by? Will I be successful in this my pursuit? Amen? Amen. Can I be vulnerable to you this morning and tell you about my anxiety? You won't believe it, but it's true. By the grace of God, come June, I will have been the senior pastor, preaching pastor in Salvation Center for 19 years. 19 years. <laughs> you know what my anxiety is? Every Sunday, my anxiety is talking to you. Coming on the... I'm telling you the honest truth. Why? Because I don't want to represent myself. I don't want to be seen. So my, I'm anxious, Lord, you have to speak through me so that it is you speaking and not me just speaking. Because I have my opinions. I have the way I feel about certain things. And I'm, I'm always anxious that I will inject myself into the talk. But that is mine. You know what yours is. And God, well, 19 years, I think God has tried. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what is anxiety? What is anxiety? To be anxious is what it means to have anxiety. But that doesn't help anybody, does it? To be anxious. Anxiety is to be anxious. You know? The Webster Dictionary defines anxiety as fear or nervousness about what might happen. I want you to focus on what might. The might is a key word there. Wikipedia describes anxiety as an emotion that is characterized by an un unpleasant state of inner turmoil. It's an emotion. Nevertheless, a negative emotion. A, 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 an emotion characterized by an unpleasant state of inner turmoil and includes subjectively unpleasant feelings of dread over, guess what, anticipated events. Anticipated events. Anxiety is always about a future event. Something that you want to do. Something you want to embark upon. Something God, a project God has laid on your heart. You have been researching and doing everything. When it's time to move forward, you become anxious and say, maybe not now. Maybe next month. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the day after. Hallelujah. So what does the Bible have to say about anxiety? You know, uh, last January, uh, Minister Fumi, during our workers' retreat, talked about mental health. And in that talk, he talked about anxiety as part of that talk. So if you have not registered to be a worker, this is a good time to, to register. So when we come for workers' retreats, we are not just saying John chapter 5 and verse 2. You know, we're talking about the whole man, the whole man. 
So what does the Bible have to say about anxiety? So please open to Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. We're going to read through 9. It's a long read, but I, I think it's an important one. Philippians chapter 4 from verse 2. Now I appeal to you, dear, and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. So it's not in Salvation Center that people are having disagreements alone. Even in the Bible, there were two ladies in the church that were at it with each other. You know, so you are not doing anything different. But this is what Paul admonished them to do. He said, and I ask you, my true partner, is addressing the church now. I, I ask you as my true partner to help these two women. It did not say to take side. Oh, Sister Bim is my BFF. So I'm going to take side with her against Sister Betty. That is not what the scripture says. It says, these two women are going at it with each other, and I ask the church to, to do what? To help these women, for they work hard with me in telling others the good news. So the fact that you are, you are spiritual does not mean you won't have issues with people. But how do you resolve it is what he's talking about. He said, they work along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Next verse. Say, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And the last phrase, uh, phrase there, I want you to please remember. If you have, have a hard copied Bible, I want you to underline it. It says, remember the Lord is coming soon. Can we say that together? Remember, the Lord is coming soon. It says, this contention between these two people is important that it is resolved because nobody will take malice and uh, those things to heaven. It says, the Lord is coming soon. So, go settle with each other and make sure that there is no malice or root of bitterness in your life. Verse 6. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. On what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in verse 6 of that scripture that we just read, he said, don't worry about anything. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. For real. Tell them, don't worry about anything. This is the word of the Lord for you. The problem we have is the church don't believe God. The children of God have a hard time believing God. 
Many of us believe our employers more than we believe God. <laughs> Truth. Yeah? At the end of the pay cycle, without thinking, you just start making plans. Because you know money is coming. Why? You have confidence in your employer not to fail you. The Bible says don't worry about anything. That is the counsel of God for you and I. If you read that in NIV or in the New King James, it says don't be anxious for anything. But in spite of God's scriptural warning, we still fret, we still worry, and we are still anxious. The question is why? I'm going to give you two reasons. Of course, there are many more reasons. But for the sake of time, I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one is focus. What is the focus of your life? What are you focused on? Let me, the, the, the way it came to my, my, my spirit is, uh, when you look at yourself, do you think of yourself as, I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse? Is that how you see yourself? Or when you think about yourself, do you think about yourself, I'm a child of God that is working as a doctor? Amen? When you flip it like that, and you see yourself, first of all, as a child of God, and then what you do, what will automatically happen to you is if there is a problem with what you do, what do you do? You go back to the one to whom you belong. I praise the Lord. But many of us foresee ourselves as that professional. I'm a businessman. That's what I do. That's great. That's great. But I'm a child of God that is doing business. I'm a child of God that is a scrum master. I'm a child. The focus of my life is on who I am in Christ Jesus. And then the other things that I do are in Christ as I live my life for God. Amen? The Bible says, watch this, that verse 5 of Philippians 4, it says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming. What he's saying is in your profession, on your job, as you do your daily work, do it to honor God because you know Jesus is coming soon. When Jesus comes to take us home, not every believer is going to make it. Not everybody. Not everybody that says, well, no, I, I take that back. Uh, every believer that truly believes is going to make it. But people that are half-stepping and sidestepping and doing their own thing will suddenly find out that they've been left behind. You know, there was a... <laughs> I forgot what the story was. We went somewhere, or maybe we came to church. People were supposed to be here. There was nobody or something like that. Somebody said, ah. initially I thought maybe rapture had happened. I said, if I'm here, rapture has not happened. <laughs> because I will not miss the rapture in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, he said, the Lord is coming soon. And because you live with the consciousness of the return of your Savior and your Master, it informs everything else you do. Amen? Amen? Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He said, that is why I tell you not to worry about 
everyday life. When he's talking about everyday life there, what he's talking about is what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What am I going to wear? You know, so <laughs> I told you the story many years ago in my church uh, in, in the northern part of Nigeria. There was a young lady that didn't come to church. And somebody reached out to her and said, ah, Sis, we didn't see you in church. She said, Yes, I couldn't come because what I wore the previous Sunday is what I would have had to wear this Sunday. You know, and I didn't want to repeat what I wore last Sunday. So I didn't come. I don't even remember what I wore last Sunday. No, I remember. That would be a lie. I remember. And I'll tell you why I remember. You know, this is a, this is a brand new suit, you know, and I like it. I like the cut. I like everything. So this morning as I was getting ready, I said, look, I like the way I rocked it last Sunday. Let me rock it again. But I don't quite remember the shirt I wore. You know? Anybody here remember what they wore to church two Sundays ago? Okay. The fashionista raised her hand. <laughs> you know, but most people don't. I don't know what I wore two Sundays ago. Heck, I don't even know what I wore on Friday. I can't remember. If I think very hard, maybe I will remember. I don't know what I wore on Friday. But she couldn't come to church because what she wore the previous Sunday is what she will have worn again. How many of you remember this is what I wore? If you raise your hand. <laughs> How many? You are worried about people that don't care about what you are worried about. I don't know what you wore last Sunday. I'm not looking at you and saying, oh, what's she wearing? Or what's he wearing? Honestly, can I, can I be honest with you? Nobody cares. The only way people remember is if something is wrong with what you are wearing. Maybe you wore something and there's, there's a rip in the back you didn't know. And you are busy, come and join me. Everybody will remember. You know, there has to be something, or maybe you wore something with, with diamonds. Everything is just sparkling. As I'm, as I'm preaching, people are going, oh my God, this is blinding. That's the only way they remember. But if you are a regular person like most people, nobody's going to remember what you wore. If you have to wear it again, please do. Please do. So Jesus says to them, he said, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? This is good advice for some people this morning. The stuff you are worried about, God is saying, be kingdom minded. Be heavenly focused. Why? Jesus is coming Soon. The Lord is coming soon. Number two, very quickly, why people worry. When your focus is not right, you will be worried about what is not in place. When your focus is right, your focus is God. You are working with God. Your life is pleasing to God. Okay, so I want uh, 10 suits, but I've made it to number three. Praise the Lord. I will make number four until I get to 10. You are happy with yourself. You are not anxious about anything. Why? Because your hope is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Number two, very quickly, why people worry? A lack of faith in God. We worry because we cannot see ourselves in God's promises. If, uh, if I said to AK, 
aka uh, this is just an example you can't hold me to it so i've stepped off the holy platform so i'm on i'm on lower ground now i say to ak ak uh, see me at home today i give you 500 dollars he's not going he's not going to go home worried hey this thing, pastor has promised. Will he, maybe, no, he's not worried about that. He just tells his wife, you know, I'll see ya. You know, and he comes, collects the check or cash or whatever it is. Why? He trusts me. Many of us cannot see ourselves in God's promises for our lives. God says it will be well with you. Do you believe that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. God says it is your year of abundance. Do you believe that? God says, I will open my good treasure unto you. Do you believe that? Amen. God says, I will open the heavens. There will be rain in a season, and I will bless the work of your hand. Do you believe that? Yes. When we believe the word of God, we have faith and confidence in what God has said. You will walk, and you will not be stooped and bow down and worried about what is not in place. If it's not in place, it's just not in place yet. What is mine is mine, and nothing can take it away from me. So I may not have it just yet, but it's coming. At the appointed time, at the right time that God has appointed, it will come to pass. Unless you have told yourself a lie and not the word of God. If God has said it, it is going to happen. In the name of Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus himself looked at the disciples. Look, these are guys that walked with Jesus. Okay? They walked side by side. They, this is not reading the Bible to know Jesus. They walked with him. Jesus looked at them. He was concerned. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why would he say that to them if their hearts were not troubled? They were concerned. Because he told them, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. They're like, what? <laughs> who is going to answer when these Pharisees show up? You know, who's going to defend us? Who's going to feed us? Because all these years, they've not had to labor. They didn't work for nothing. They just followed it. Everywhere he went, you know, he just, they were just going with him. Everywhere he went, they just followed him. He provided food. He provided shelter. He provided everything that they needed. He provided so he looked at them. He said, these are the people I want to hand this thing over to, to continue this work. This thing will not work the way these guys are going. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. I said to somebody this morning, don't let your heart be troubled. If God be for us, who can be against us? Many of us don't believe. That's our challenge. We believe everything else. You watch CNN, you watch Fox News, you watch MSNBC, you watch all of those things, and they are making predictions, and you are just gobbling it down. Say, ah, economy is bad. Nothing is working. That is what you are repeating. And you are wondering why things aren't working out. You have believed the wrong stuff. Somebody, look at you and say, change your mind. And change your source. In the name of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, 26 to 32, when you get home, you can read it. It talks about it again. You know, the fact that we need to believe. We need to believe. He said, don't worry, verse uh, 31. He said, don't worry about these things. 
saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Are you a believer in Christ Jesus? Verse 32. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So if all you are thinking about is food, drink, shelter, bills. Bills is the predominant thought in your mind. How to buy the next car. How to show off the next whatever you want to show off. The red bottoms and all of those. If that is all you are consumed with, some people didn't know, you don't know red bottoms. <laughs> My wife and children taught me. You know, good stuff, but very expensive. <laughs> he said those things, those things, that is what dominates the heart of unbelievers. So if that is what is predominant in your heart, the question then is, are you a believer? Amen? Amen. That is why the scripture says, remember, the Lord is coming soon. It's not coming in a distant future. The Lord is what? Coming, coming soon. soon. Let's, let's look very quickly at the consequences of worry and anxiety. Consequences of worry and anxiety. Number one, so pardon me if the word is not correct, uh, but uh, I didn't have, this is how you will know that English is not my first language. <laughs> you know, I said disease. Disease. Extreme worry and anxiety is a clinical disorder. Statement of fact. It's a clinical disorder. It's something that people are being treated for now. Why? Because they are anxious. They are anxious. So if you are anxious, Proverbs 12.25, Proverbs 12.25, it says, worry weighs a person down. When you worry, it's, you worry long enough, it can lead to depression. Amen? And I'm going to get to what you are really waiting for. Because what's the solution is a big deal. Not the problem. We, we, now we understand the problem a little better, right? There's disease that comes in. Worry will weigh you down, and then it becomes debilitating. It, becomes, it, it paralyzes you. You are so worried, now you can't move forward. Now you can't do anything. Because all you can think about is all the stuff that will go wrong if you do start. But God has better promise for us in the name of Jesus. Number two is worry... Anxiety will cause distraction in your life. It will cause distraction. Luke chapter 10, uh, 40 to 42, is the story of Martha. When Jesus came to their house to visit, the Bible says, Jesus, you have the savior of the world. You have the creator of the world visiting. You are busy running around. Let's uh, present a uh, pastor with food. Let's go and cook. You are worried about cooking up and down. If you wanted to cook, you should have cooked before the man of God arrived. Praise the Lord. But Mary, Mary sat down and listened. And Jesus said to Martha, he said, Martha. Let me say how we say it where I'm from. Martha. <laughs> Martha. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here Why I am doing all the work? Jesus said to her, my dear Martha, Mary, uh, no, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 
there is only one thing. Somebody say one thing. One thing that is worth being concerned about. Only one thing. Only one thing. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You wake up, all you can think about is the next thing that needs to be done. You are on the road, running already. You don't have a moment to commune with the Lord. You can't spend time with God because you have all these things that you are worried about. Those things, when they add up together, they become a problem in life. Make time for God. He said, let everybody that knows you, let them see you and know that you are a considerate person. Let them know that Christ reigns in your heart. Let them know that you are controlled and led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. He said, that which he has found, Nobody can take away from her. Very quickly. Let me wrap this up very quickly. Watch this. How am I supposed to respond to anxiety? Because I can hear somebody say, well, I have anxiety. That's the issue. How do I get out of it? How do I deal with it? Number one, be God-focused. Be God-focused. You know, (laughs) God really prepared me... uh, uh, before he came to my mom going home to be with the Lord. Two scriptures that God had been dealing with me on, one of them is Isaiah 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26 verse 3, and the other is Philippians 4, 6. Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. It says the Lord, the old King James says, the Lord will keep in perfect peace those whose hearts are stayed on him. Those that their thoughts, what they are dwelling on, what they are meditating on is God, is the word of God. Even though things are not working out well, they will have a peace within them. God will keep in perfect peace those who trust in him. Those who trust in him. Matthew 6.33, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And it will give you everything you need. So we have it backwards. We are running after what we need at the expense of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But the scripture is saying, seek God first. Seek to live a righteous life and everything you need will be given to you. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. He said, but blessed are those, watch this, who trust in the Lord. And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Amen. They are like trees planted along the river bank. With roots that reach deep into the water. Amen. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. You need to change focus. Somebody say change focus. Redirect your mind. You know, how do you change that focus and make your heart stay on God? It's through study of the the, the word of God. You know, when you read the Bible, I love to read the Bible. Because you will see things that will just charge you and encourage you. Oh, wow. So this is in the Bible. Number two, prayer. Prayer. You know, I realized I didn't know this. I'm telling the honest truth. 
It was just the Holy Spirit that had been leading me along those lines. When I'm, when I'm concerned about something, anxiety, <laughs> when I'm anxious about something, I just find myself praying in the Holy Spirit. Under my breath. I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm just praying. If I can pace, if it's a place where I can pace, I'm pacing. What am I doing? I'm dissipating all that negative energy. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Because many people, <laughs> some people say, ah, is it by force to speak in tongues? In the day of need, you will figure it out. Because at times you, don't, you just don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray. You know, on Friday, I'm looking at my mother, and it, it was right there. I was there. I was right there. I just got up, and I began to pray in tongues. I just began to pray in tongues. I didn't know what I was praying, but the Holy Spirit was giving me utterance that was calming my spirit down, that was making things good and better with it. I didn't know what it was in detail, but something good was happening to me. And then spontaneously, as we were having vigils, just waiting on her and just trusting the Lord, moment by moment, I would just burst out in worship as I sing it. As I worshiping, I just start worshiping. I just watch, I'm just worshiping. They are having wholesome conversations on the side. I'm not listening. I'm just worshiping God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Or I just face the wall somewhere. And just ignore everybody. And I just lift my hands and I'm worshiping God. Number two and three things you need to do is prayer and thanksgiving. Watch this. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. He said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. You are praying You are supplicating. You are telling God, this pain is too much. This uncertainty, I can't deal with it. But I thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. Because you are the master of the universe. You are the creator and the ruler. You have power. You can do all things. You can never fail. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says, by his divine power, he has given us everything. He said, Father, I thank you. Because by your divine power, you have given me all that I need. Everything to sustain life, to sustain my life, you have given me. Even in this difficult situation, even in this interview that is about to happen, that I don't even know what to say, Lord, I just trust you and I thank you. Because you are not man that you will lie, neither the son of man that you will repent. What you have said you will do, that is what you do. You never fail, you never change, and you are just worshiping him. You are just giving him praise. You are just giving him glory. The atmosphere changes. The reason you worry is because your focus is on you. Amen? Amen. Have you noticed? (laughs) AK is right in front of me. (laughs) If If I continue to stare at him without blinking, it's called an optical illusion. His head begins to swell. It just begins to grow bigger. You stare at your problem long enough. You are focused on it. That is all you are thinking about this business. Ah, They had better give me this contract. If they don't give me this contract, I will lose my house. I will lose my car. You you begin to think. Anxiety will kick in. The key 
to anxiety. Three things. Number one, change your focus. Be God-focused. Pray. It says, bring by prayer and supplication, come to the Lord. And number three, it says, with thanksgiving, rise to your feet. Today's service is... We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.